The following presentation is brought to you by the KMmedia.pro network. Each channel is created to provide highly engaging and fascinating content presented in an entertaining light just for you. Please visit KMmedia.pro for complete information. Now, stay right where you are as we present. Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our mission is to bring to you the best, most uplifting content heard anywhere. Great guests interesting topics and ideas presented with a fun entertaining style please join me kevin mcdonald and my friends as we bring new thoughts terrific people and creative ideas directly to you please join us right now for positive talk radio and welcome everybody it's monday morning on positive talk radio my name is kevin mcdonald I'll act as your host today, and I hope, I hope that you'll hang out with us for the entire hour. We've got a great show for you today. Uh, but first, but first, but first, Benny, uh, did, are you are you managed to stay dry at all? I did. I floated in just fine, thank you. Tied up the boat and walked on up. We're great. We're good. Exactly. Now you're you're a titch younger than I, but uh, there <laughs> used to be something called the Pineapple Express. Yes, I heard that. Yeah, and now the it was a great movie too. I don't know if you ever heard. I haven't. There was a movie called that. That's for us youngers to watch, not you. (laughs) (laughs) You might need to look into that one. Yeah, who who? Well, I don't. It's Seth Rogen and uh, oh, what's his other name? Um, uh, I'm trying to blank on the other guy's name. But anyways, it's a it's about weed. (laughs) (laughs) That's the Pineapple Express I'm thinking of. Uh, (laughs) Something that I was. Eminently familiar with was uh, we'll you know, move on. Yeah, we'll just move on from that. Yeah. Um, in any event, they now call it, and we are in the middle of a stage for. <clears throat> pardon me. Let me get the voice right. Yeah, right. <clears throat> stage four, upper atmospheric uh, uh, river. Oh, you had it until the. Um, I had it until then. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty serious yeah. out there. Yeah, and so they're talking about flooding. So please be careful and mm-hmm. remember. If you're on driving on a road and there's a big puddle in front of you, don't go through the puddle because you don't know how deep it is. <laughs> Words of wisdom by Kevin McDonald. <laughs> That's don't yeah don't go through the puddle <laughs> and don't make a puddle either. Never mind. Don't forget forget I said that. Anyway, we got a great. <laughs> Oh, Benny, Benny, Benny. Um, <laughs> we, we have a great show for you we today. Do. And one of our regular folks that uh, is with us on a regular basis, because she's a regular folk. I think, anyway, um, her name is Dana Parker, and uh, she's with me on Fridays for when we do Think Energy. By the way, this is Positive Talk Radio, and we do this on KKNW on Mondays at 9 a.m., Wednesdays at 4 p.m., and Fridays at noon. So I hope that we've got great guests for you this Friday. We have the modern sages who are going to be back on with us, and we're going to do what we like to call a psychic car wash. So you can call up and get all clean and stuff uh, because they, they're three different uh, people that uh, perform brilliantly together, but they do different things. One is a, a shaman, uh, the other one is a psychic medium, and the other one is an intuitive life coach. And together they create some really dynamic programming. So having said that, that's enough of the, of the promotional stuff. Dana, Dana Parker, how are you? Hi, Kevin. I'm doing great this morning. A little oh, bit good, early, but good. 
It, it, it is early, but it's it, at least it's 10 o'clock your time, not 9 o'clock. <laughs> you're in Salt Lake City or right, thereabouts. Right. Yep. I am, hey. I am around Salt Lake City. And we met, uh, gosh, it's been, what, six months? Longer than that. About I think it's almost been a year now since we had our first interview. I think we interviewed for the first time. I, I came onto your podcast as a guest, I think, around this time last year. Yes. And uh, by the way, if you want to go to innerworldmovement.com, you can find out all about Dana. And, and now that site's in a bit of uh, uh, re redoing yeah. and, yep. and revamping, but uh, you can still go there, innerworldmovement.com. And, uh, and, you know, we've always had such a wonderful time together, you and I. Yeah, we have. It's true. Because you are so talented at what you do. <laughs> And you're you're able to talk, and you know I I really like the fact that you focus on women more so more so. Now you'll focus on anybody, but but it, yeah. somehow it it is um, you seem to be drawn more to women because of your story, mm -hmm. which we don't necessarily need to get into in a great deal of, uh, today. But uh, uh, you're here because we're going to talk about a new program that you're putting together. Tell yeah. us about it a little bit. Yeah, so I'm bringing together a mastermind and a mastermind of individuals who are interested in working on and um, working through parenting wounds. And we all carry them and um, often they come out on our children through um, control and, and different experiences uh, with different children. And so um, I recently coached several people and thought, you know, it'd be really good to bring together a mastermind and just teach some some concepts um, and and bring a different spin to to parenting. And because I think there are things that that at least for me, there are things that that I'm learning and growing into as a parent that that no one ever taught me, no one ever told me. And I feel like I'm paving a whole new trail as a parent um, than I was taught. And so. Um, and it, it's working really well. And what's been really fun is, is as I've, as I stepped into um, these I, different ideas as a parent, um, and let go of old myths um, of what I was taught, like, we're, we, we have to teach and train and educate our children in, in the ways of, of righteousness, and we have to discipline and, and not to say that those things aren't there. But I think there's a different approach um, that this generation is really looking for. And I really think there's a different approach that we can take to parenting where it can be a, a co-creation between parent and child. And that, that as parents, um, connecting with our children in a real way is more important than ever. And, and the old ways are, are dying off, they're not working. Yeah, let's talk about the mastermind first. Uh, how will that work? So it, they're live Zoom calls once a week. We'll meet once a week for four weeks. And then in between that, we will have a Facebook page where we'll interact. There'll be other challenges, other um, opportunities for growth. And um, during each session, we'll talk about different topics. We'll have different um, weeks that we'll be talking about uh, different things. Um, and really, the biggest thing is radical accountability that our children are our greatest mirrors. And so it'll be four weeks. We'll have uh, the, those calls will be about an hour and a half. And then at the end of the call, you'll have weekly focuses, things that you're going to be taking home integration. I feel like that's one of the most important parts of real lasting change is 
take what you learn and then what are you going to do differently now that you know different? And so you'll have uh, practical application tools that you'll take home and you'll practice. And, um, and again, you can come as a mom or a dad or both can join together, which um, I recommend. So if somebody wanted to join you in the, in the Zoom, uh, how, do they, how do they get involved with you? So send an email to info at innerworldmovement.com. And um, that's one of the best ways to get a hold of me. Um, also on my Facebook page, you can contact us on Facebook, Inner World Movement uh, Facebook page, or um, you can contact me uh, personally on Facebook under Dana Parker and just Messenger through Messenger. And if somebody wants to join you, it, it, I advocate it because for one thing, it's, you know, in the land of COVID, we are learning that, that we can do Zoom calls mm -hmm. and we can still make a personal connection with each other. Absolutely. And that's going to be the fun part about this mastermind is it, is it will be connective. You will have, you'll have interaction with the people on the call. There'll be interactive um, experiences. Again, I believe the, the fun part about how I coach that I just love is I have a structure and an outline, but it's not so rigid that, that I can't change and evolve according to what the group needs. And so I leave room for intuition. This is the intuitive life coach um, part of me, the intuition part, leaving room for what they need. And this is why it's a mastermind, not a program because I am interested in what parents are experiencing because I know my experience and I know my friends' experiences, but I'm interested in knowing more and understanding more about what parents are experiencing and, and how these, these tools, these inner tools can help. Absolutely. Well, you know, things have changed times. They be a change in young lady <laughs> and, and you've got four teenage young men. Well, I mean, I have, I have one teenager technically of the four and then the, the, I, my second's almost a teenager. He will be at the end of this month. He'll be 13. So really early in the teens. So I have uh 15, 12, nine and six right now. But still, you know, kids are different now than they used they to are. be. They're very different. Yes. They are, they're growing in a, in a world where they have access to tons of information, all kinds of information, mm -hmm. both good information and not so good information. Right. And, and their friends, um, they have completely, <laughs> I'm sure that they have completely different conversations than I had with my <laughs> friends when I was 13. Yeah, I think there's some similar things, but I think there's very different things going on, different conversations. And this is why I think it's more important than ever that we keep influence as parents, that we keep influence with our children. And we don't do that by control. We, we, that's not going to work for our children. Control repels a child. It, re, it repels a child to rebellion. And so this co-creation with a child, now I'm not saying there's no such thing as consequences and you're just the, their friend. It's not what I'm saying. And, and I'm, I'm not an extreme one side or the other. I'm talking about balance and I'm talking about really knowing our children and honoring our children for their, their unique path that they came to experience and radical accountability that our children are here to mirror to us the things that are calling for love and healing. 
you know, a lot of times the old program and default is if they do something we don't like, we punish them. They get consequences and we punish them. Right. And, and I, I'm really advocating now for a different way. When they do something we don't like, let's look within first. Why does it bother you? What is going on inside of you? What are they mirroring to you? What healing can you do? And what's your part of the situation? And then from there, once you work through all the emotions, the triggers, then, then go into, okay, where do we go from here? Because when you make decisions as a parent from a really emotional state, you know, ridiculous things come out. That it never ends well. Necessarily appropriate for a child. Yeah, it never it never ends well. It never when, ends well. <laughs> when we when we get when we get all hyped up and and we got and I I think that it's important to note that most parents are in their twenties or thirties. And in a lot of cases, they don't have enough life experience yet yeah. to be able to really deal with the, the child and to create the communication level that these kids are demanding now. It's not, it's not like they're asking, you know, can I please? They're demanding that we talk to them as human beings rather than when, when, see, when, when I was growing up, way back in the 60s, we were told to shut up. Children should be yeah. seen and not heard. Yes, exactly. And that's we, one of the old myths, too. Yes. And it creates disconnection. If you even have a connection to begin with. Yeah. Because my dad and I, it wasn't until he was in his 70s that my dad and I actually had a man-to-man, adult-to-adult discussion about anything because he was used to being in charge and being the dad, and he didn't want to deal with somebody else's opinion, and my opinions were completely different than his. Mm-hmm. But he didn't, he didn't want to deal with that. So that's how I ended up. One of the things in, uh, uh, funny things in our family is that I ended up in my room more times than I care to remember. <laughs> yeah. Because it was easier to ban me from, from existence and put me in my room because he didn't want to right. deal with it. Then right. Talk, then talk with me. Right. Exactly. And and that's where that can be really confusing and create a, an experience for a child that causes them to have a lot of inner negative inner dialogue. You know, when that I, I'm a huge advocate of um, giving a child consequences or punishing them for something they don't even understand. They didn't understand was wrong. First of all, they weren't taught um, or they don't understand what's going on creates so much confusion for a little child creates so much confusion and even for adults sometimes sometimes you know you get this adult parent child um dynamic going on where where you know a child does something and the mom keeps it quiet and she's all angry and upset and she won't tell her daughter why but she's given her the the cold shoulder and and that's confusing too and so the interesting thing about doing this inner work is this isn't just for parents who have young children. This is for parents who have adult children too. Those even more so because they have a lot of wounds from, from the, the parent child situation. I mean, I don't know a single parent on this planet that doesn't deal at one point or another with guilt oh, sure. parent guilt or parent shame feeling like they're not doing enough, feeling like they're not enough for their child, feeling like they don't know what they're doing, you know, and those are the kinds of things that I want to start addressing within parents 
those are the things that actually can create us overcompensating or disconnecting from our children. That's, that's what I want to talk about with parents. That's what I want to focus on. Well, and that's the other thing, Dana, is that, uh, see, now I have the other side of the coin. I have adult children. Yeah. And these, I have a 30-year-old and a 33-year-old. Well, there was a time when they turned uh, and became adults, mm-hmm. when they were between 18 and 21, somewhere in there. I had to fundamentally shift from being their dad to being their trusted advisor. Yeah. And, and, and that transition, I, I'm sure, Kevin, could be hard and is hard for a lot of people. Well, and half of half of their parenting committee, uh, that would be the other half, has yeah. still yet to make that transition. <laughs> because yeah. it's still like, I'm the mom, I know best. Well, I know it's best. I'm afraid that them, them's days is over. And them's these days kids are over. <laughs> yeah. These kids are smart. Yeah. And if you want to maintain a good relationship with them, yeah, you must uh, yeah. make that make that fundamental shift when they when they get right. to the appropriate age. Right, right, and and I think too along the way, there's things that we can be doing as parents to remind ourselves of that. I I remind myself all the time. I don't actually know what my children came here to experience. I don't. I don't know what they came here to learn as souls. I don't know what their, their, their agreements are with the divine. And, and so I get to be as much as possible, a space of trust and love for them and guidance, guidance and direction, living by example. That's what I, that's what I really believe living by example and being a loving space. It's, it's, it's really important to, and again, I call upon my own parenting as being, you know, my, I would try because see, it's kind of like a, a pendulum goes back and forth. You know, it's like, my dad did not talk. He did not talk to me at all. And he, he was just like, uh, you're in trouble. Go to your room. What for? Yeah. Don't talk to, don't talk back to me, young man. Yeah. Go to your room. Yeah. It's like, but why? Because I said so. All of those, all of those catchphrases were were in play at that point. Mm-hmm. And so when I became a parent, I wanted to sit down and talk to my kids about why what they did was inappropriate, if it was inappropriate, or why yeah. they did what they did, or yeah. how they're feeling about it. Yes. And the other half would walk by the room and go, "Would you guys shut up and quit talking about it?" It's like, yeah. so you know, and that was confusing for the child. That is, yeah. Absolutely. That can be very confusing. And that's where, that's where you just get to do your best to, to be an example and to do what you feel is best um, in, in trying to make amends. And, you know, I think it's wise to look at what didn't work for me growing up. What, what was a strategy my parents used that didn't actually work that, that backfired and, and that I didn't enjoy for one reason or another, and then how can I make amends? I think that's how we keep growing and changing. I hope my children will do that because I know, I know I'm making mistakes as a parent. All of us do. None of us. I tell my kids all the time, I'm still learning how to be a mom. I'm still learning how to be a mom of a a 15 year old Caden and and 12 year old Parker. I'm still learning. Which, which, which by the way, your 15 year old is six, two six two and he can take me down it's so so crazy like i swear i just had him yesterday that's the feeling 
and now he's taller than me and can take me in a snap of a finger he's just this gentle giant <laughs> and he's 15 years old 15 and and these kids and th these kids today they grow up so fast and uh, they, it, it's really important for them to be able to think for themselves and, and to understand. Because, you know, the thing is, is a lot of parents don't get it, uh, Dana, is that when they are in, when they have the opportunity as a 15-year-old, 16-year-old, to get into a car with another kid, even though that you've told them no, don't do that because that's a bad idea. Right. Um, and they they have a decision to make because you're not going to be there. Right. So you've got to instill in them the ability to think and mm -hmm. to make the right decisions and mm -hmm. why those are the right decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it's really important. I'm looking forward to this mastermind. Yeah. I think it'll be great fun. I think that's a beautiful, thank you. I'm excited too. I think that that's a really beautiful, there's a beautiful dance in educating and, um, and letting them know and, and, you know, giving them information, not, not in a shame-based way, but in a here, here logically are the consequences of these actions. And, you know, you do this and this is a great probability that this would happen. Um, just so you know, so you're aware. And, you know, I was talking to, I, I went to an incredible brunch with uh, just a room full of women yesterday, just incredible women. And we were talking about motherhood and we were talking about this exact topic and how there's a, a really um, interesting dance between educating and helping them understand. And I think there's a, there's a lot of like, you, you need to research as a parent, you need to look at, at okay, don't drink because you're bad if you're drink. That's what I was taught. And so that creates a lot of shame. That's shame-based teaching. So what do I do? I educate myself in understanding why underage drinking is and can be harmful to a child. Their brain's literally still developing and it can stunt the brain growth. And so there, there's these things that you can educate yourself on and logically uh, understand to to help educate your children on things so that's what happened to me no kevin <laughs> and and there there are lots of reasons and and you, i think keeping them for me keeping them to here's here's the research i've done here's what you need to know and if that should happen if you should find yourself in a situation i i am your number one call i am your call home no matter what, I'm your call. If, if you need me and you've made these decisions in your life, I'm your call. I will love you and I will, I will talk with you and we'll work through it and I'm a safe space for you. And to me, I, that's, how I, that's how I wanted to be, to be raised. That's what I wanted. And in so many ways, I did have that. And in other ways, I didn't. But I want that for my children. And I want that for other people's children, because what it does is it creates a real connection for our children. And you're raising them in a way to know that you as a parent are there and that you're going to love them like the divine does, like God does. They show up no matter what mistakes we make. That's the kind of parenting that I think our children are calling for. And it takes a lot of inner work to do so. Because it takes a lot of emotional intelligence 
to be that call and to stay calm and to not take their actions personally as a parent. I, oh, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And so that inner work, that's what I want to help parents do. The inner work to be that kind of parent that gets to show up for your child and be there for them. You, you know, I'm struck as we're sitting here talking about uh, parenting and the conscious decision and the conscious and it's ongoing the conscious decisions that you are making around parenting rather than the day-to-day got to get up got to go to school got to fix some dinner got to go to soccer practice and stuff like that the just the day-to-day stuff because you're thinking in you're actually taking the time to think about things before they happen and or if they are happening um to think about how you can uh, change it to make it better. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give an example. Yeah. Uh, when I was 15 years old, um, there's something called uh, MD 2020. Are you familiar with that? No. Oh, Mad Dog 2020. <laughs> Woo. Oh, oh Benny, Benny's a man after my own heart. Um, <laughs> so, so when I was Benny, when I was 15. I, uh, me and a couple of friends, we got a hold of, of a bottle of that stuff oh, each. Oh, boy. And it tastes just like Kool-Aid. Of course it does. And it's wonderful, just like Kool-Aid, <laughs> until um, you drink the whole bottle, and then bad things start to happen. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> so the next day, there was a King County police officer in his car in front of my house. Because my friends got caught and I got away, but uh, it didn't matter. They still found they my good friends. By the way, if you're 15 years years old, other 15 year old friends are not your friend. They will rat your ass out in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and so they ratted me out, and uh, and so I was sitting in in up, you know, talking with the policemen, and they were asking me if this was a regular occurrence and all that kind of good stuff. Right. Well, they left. And my dad was sitting there stewing in his chair as, as, as he would. And the only thing he said to me was, did you get sick? And of course I got sick all over everything, but I didn't want to say that. So he said, no. And he said, ah, too bad. And that's the end of it. That's the last, he didn't ask. And so that was not, that is an example of not, and dad, he's passed on now and he's looking down going, I know that wasn't an example of conscious parenting. Right. That was a, you embarrassed me because there was a police car in front of the house type of parenting. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So now I can't can't even look at a bottle of MD 2020 anymore. It makes me. It takes you right back. (laughs) It takes me right back. Yeah. yeah, so. yeah, no, this is a super, I think, I don't know that any parent escapes that, that kind of experience, not, not necessarily the circumstances of that, but escapes taking personally their child's actions, you know, good grades, bad grades. Why are you on your child about good grades? Do you feel like it's a reflection of you as a parent? Do you feel like you're a bad parent if they don't get good grades, if they don't get into the top schools? Well, that kind of pressure on a child isn't healthy. We need to start looking at why we're, why, why, why do we freak out about what we do and really start looking at our actions and start looking at how we tie our, our value as a parent or how well we're parenting according to how they act. That is not going to be a recipe for success. That is a recipe for disaster. 
and it, it will fail every time when you define your worth as a parent by your child's actions, because all of them are based on what you perceive is perfect. What you perceive is good, is, is good enough for them. And their, their life isn't meant to be that way. And they'll show you that that's the most beautiful part is they're here to show you, to push those buttons on purpose. We, we, you know, Dan, I just, I just have to say that I don't understand. And, and Benny, you, you know, you have got a couple of kids that you're working with in, in your household. So you're welcome to chime in here if you feel like it. Yeah. Um, I know not to let them have MD 2020 right away. Got that. <laughs> yeah, good, got that. Good. good. All right. Cause I'm not going to get it either. Yeah, right. you, you know, you know what's funny about that is that was a a, a, a red grape wine, um, and I two days later I had to go to communion, and the, they they did actually wine at, at communion. It was like oh oh I don't, I don't know if this is gonna work out uh, right. But, uh, so, but that's you know for me that was the rite of passage. Now let let me explain something. Um, I did not do well in school mm-hmm. uh, because I was bored to tears and I wasn't being taught anything that, that really, really did. So I played, I ended up playing basketball and I learned how to play, um, 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 pinochle. And then I learned how to date girls and I learned how to do all that stuff. Well, let me tell you something in my life. I have had, I've been a, a manager. I've been responsible for 80 people. I've been a national uh, food service manager. I've been a district sales manager with 12 reports. I've had lots and lots of positive things happen in my life that education did not play a role for me. Now, it was a school of hard knocks, but my parents weren't aware of any of the stuff that I was going through when I was a kid because they weren't weren't conscious parents. In those days, they they just didn't do that. Not like it's required now, which is why I think this conversation that you're going to be having is really, really so vital. Yeah, yeah. Presence will be a big part of what we talk about, being present with your child. I think for me, you know, my journey with, with wanting to parent differently started at the beginning, 12, I would say 12 years ago when I had two boys and I was getting into that stage where, where, um, you know, consequences started coming in and playing, playing a role and things like that. But 12 years ago, when I started that, that was one of the biggest reasons why I started doing the work that I was doing because I found myself on default and I hated the default. The default was yell, yell and spank. And, and that caused my heart to feel terrible every time. And to see the look on my child's face was terrible. I I hated that pattern. The, the emotions it brought for me and my child caused me to say, okay, I know this is a default pattern. I know this is, this is a, an old program that I'm on. Show me something different. How do I experience something different? And, and I was stepped through thing after thing after thing over the last 12 years to know how to show up differently. And, you know, my, my first child got, he got the most of it. He's the, the first child's the tester child, Oh yeah. the, the poor child, the, the poor firsts, man, they, they just, they get get the, the, the worst of the parents, I think sometimes, cause you learn a lot as you go. 
And, and so he, he got a lot, he got a lot of, of, um, you know, me, not at my finest, not at my best. And we've had several conversations about that. And, and there's been a lot of humility on my end and apology for how I showed up because I didn't like it. He didn't like it. And so that's where my, my real drive for understanding my emotions and being emotionally intelligent came from, because I was taking my emotions out of my children and I didn't want that. And so learning about my emotions, learning how to communicate and, and to be in the driver's seat of my emotions became vital for me to have changes. Boy, I, I couldn't agree with you more, especially, especially when you're young and it's your, your oldest child and you think that, uh, uh, well, you know, we're, we've got a spank. That's what, that's yeah. what the rules say. And that's yeah. what they, they, you know, so we, 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 we dabbled in that a little yeah. bit. I hated it me too. Uh, because it made me feel so, so icky yeah. uh, and stuff because I, I didn't think that that was that that was right and of course we used a wooden spoon and suddenly all my my kids were smart my kids are smarter than i am because suddenly i went to make uh uh, a cake and i went into the drawer there weren't any wooden spoons yep (laughs) i i don't know why i wasn't smart enough to do that (laughs) they would sneak down and i and i found them underneath my youngest son's bed yep Oh, if that's not a sign that he does not like that, I don't know what is. That's hilarious. What a smart kid. He, he was, he, he is, he's a very smart young man. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but at that, at that time, you know, we didn't know any better. Yeah, so I, absolutely. I, and that's the other thing. That's, that's another part of the, the parenting mastermind that I want to talk about is self-forgiveness. It is vital in parenting. It is required, I think, in parenting, because you are going to make mistakes. You are going to do things that don't work, that are, that are not the best for your child. You will. And if you have the humility to see that, to understand that, and the accountability and the self-forgiveness, that's a recipe for success as a parent, for a very centered parent to show up their very best. I think a parent who shows up their very best is someone who can say, you know what, I, I was wrong and I'm so sorry. I, that, that me expressing my emotions like that, that was not acceptable in my book. And I will work on that. And I'm, I, I apologize for putting all of my emotions on you. Will you please forgive me? And that's hard for a parent to do. That's hard. It's not easy, but do you know, can I tell you, Kevin, (laughs) how rewarding that that connection is with a child how rewarding that is to connect with a child in that moment because in that moment then they can process how they felt and and how that experience was for them the reward if you can if you can be present for it is in their face and in their their heart that opens up to connection And then you are training them as parents that it is acceptable to make mistakes when they're parents and that they can forgive themselves and they can ask for forgiveness from their children. You're literally changing the dynamic of the parent-child relationship for generations. 
and I realize how emotionally uh, in tune you are with this because it's it it really is a a emotional issue for you. Huh? It is. It's something I care really deeply about. It's been a big driver of mine, and and you know what? It's not easy. It is. It's not easy saying, "Hey, I'm going to put on a parenting course" because it's not going to be everyone's everyone's style. And there's lots of people in my life that could say, "Well, you're not a perfect parent," and I would say, "You're right. I'm not." And I think that I have some things that I've learned in the last 12 years is I've really practiced being present and practice different ways of parenting and seeing the results with my children. My children, if you sat each one of them down and asked them, do you, does your mom love you? Like really love you? Every one of them would say, absolutely. Yes. She loves me with all of her heart. My six-year-old said to me not that long ago, mom, I love your love. It's so different. It's different than, than dad's love. As you, as your heart <laughs> fell all over, melted everywhere, all over. right? Like my children are mirroring back to me and you know, what? I'm having conversations. Like, for example, this is another, another amazing, like your children are, will mirror to you too, how they feel safe with you. My, my 12 year old is having conversations with me that I never would ever bring up with my parents ever. And I am welcoming those conversations and they're not easy to have. And again, they require emotional, emotional intelligence because our children have access to a lot of things on the internet, a lot of things. And if my child's coming to me to ask, ask about certain questions or things that, that, that he's wondering about, I'm doing a good job, I think, because I'm creating a space of safety again they're I'm not defined by how they show up but they can mirror to me if they if if they feel like they trust me they they'll show up and they'll they'll talk to me about things those are all signs that I'm heading in the right direction and those conversations to to keep influence with my children is number one most important I want to point this out to people if you're listening and you have got a kid or you've got a family and this this is important because as I've learned, because my sons, as they became men, would come back to me and say, Dad, do you remember the time? <laughs> yeah. Inevitably, I did not remember yeah. the time. Right. But I just want everyone to think about, to think before you act, because what you are about to do may impact and influence your child for the rest of their life. It's true. Because they may remember something that you made an offhanded comment I remember my mother when I was in, when I was a little kid, she would get upset and she would call, say you fool. Mm. And which of course is not a, an appropriate thing to say to a child ever. Right. Um, but, but I, and then w when I became an adult and she was a little older, I reminded her of that. And she said, I never said that. Right. So just remember what you are doing today and how you're reacting or excuse me, how you're responding to your children and how you're working with them will have can have a lifelong impact so think count to 10 if you're angry count to 10 before you say anything is my is my advice do you concur with that yeah i, I mean absolutely i think you know there's lots of things you can do moment to moment with children and and heightened emotional experiences you know I, i'll tell my children i'm feeling a lot of emotion right now and it's not you i'm feeling it 
So I need a little bit of space and time before we talk about this. Give me 10 minutes, you know, and, or, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to cook dinner and I'm trying to do all these things right now. And I'm, I'm feeling overwhelmed. So it's not you, but I, I need you to go and play and do something else while I finish this. And then I'll come back to you. Do you hear me? Thank you. That's, that's a very wise thing uh, because you're, you're admitting that you're number one, you're human yes. and that, and that you're having a weak moment, but it's not because of them. No. And that right. when you are, especially the oldest one, when, mm-hmm. when you create an environment that, that makes it difficult for the child and they believe that they are the ones at fault because of how you're behaving it will affect them for their entire life. Yes, Kevin, this is this is probably a really big part too of why I want to do this mastermind and why I want to create a full program is because I cannot tell you how many clients I've worked with thousands of people over the last decade. And and I cannot tell you how many times I've worked with clients that there's their beliefs and their, their negative beliefs and ideas and impactful experiences that create and shape who they think they are, which isn't always true, but who they think they are um, goes back to childhood and how they were, how they were raised by their parent. And so those moments are really important and we're not going to do it perfectly and so the moments that they come back to and say, remember that one time, those are really valuable golden moments too. remember that one time. And, and this, these are the moments where I'm so grateful, so, so grateful for the tools that I've had, because I've already had to remember that one time conversations with my children and, and the ability to put aside my hurt, my pain, my triggers and to hear them in humility, that kind of training, that's created so much connection and so much healing for them as children that, that they're not going to have as much baggage, I believe, as adults than, than they would if I were to say, no, I never did that, or no, that never really happened, or just be in denial of it. The denial creates more pain and more hurt within the child. Well, when, you, when you, yeah, when you can be there in humility and say, I hear you, I don't remember that. And I want you to know, I'm so sorry. I did not, I know I didn't do parenting perfectly. And, and there will be times where you, when you're a parent, you're not going to do it perfectly either. And I want you to know, it's okay to make mistakes. And I'm so sorry for the hurt that I caused you. That moment creates so much connection. And so much healing, it actually allows a child to move on faster past their hurts, past the mistakes that you made. And it calls for a lot of emotional understanding, emotional intelligence to put aside your stuff and be there for them and their emotions. It is really hard for some of us because we take it as a as a personal attack. Mm-hmm. If, if we are being accused of something by our... <laughs> by our, our yes. child I'll, I'll never forget my 10 year old oldest boy he stood at the top of the stairs one day and said i'm calling 911 <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
because, because it was a, uh, a conversation that we were having that that uh, was he was about to get into big time trouble for something he yeah. did. I can't remember. Yeah, and he he remembers that part, but because he they talked about it in school. If you ever get into trouble, call nine one one. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. I'm calling nine one one. And then, you know, it worked. He didn't now in those days, he didn't have a cell phone. So, you know, but at the same time, we it's easy for us to get very, um, very, very hurt. And uh, um, and we think and we think in terms of how dare they talk to us that way when, in fact, um, all they're trying to do is express themselves in the best way they can. Yeah. Go ahead and share their experience of it. That's all. Yeah, and their experience. And a six-year-old, as you know, or a nine-year-old, their experience of stuff is a is really is a lot more pure than than we than we might think. Right, right. And the to go to somebody and especially an adult and express how you felt about how they treated you is so intimidating. That's really vulnerable for a child. That's really intimidating for most children and not all. Some children are just fearless. Like I I know a couple that are just fearless that it doesn't even bother them. And how we respond, it it does make a huge difference in in a child's confidence and their willingness to share and feel like it's safe to share how they experience things. And do you know what's so fascinating to me is is a child, I really do believe a child who has permission to share their experience when they feel like they're not being treated right, will have better boundaries in a marriage. They will have better, better communication skills to communicate what they're experiencing in a marriage. They will have better relationships moving forward if we can show up for them in those moments and say, yes, you have permission to express that you don't like to be treated a certain way, from, even from me. And uh, you have a right to that. That's big. That, that really is. And, and, and we're not talking about unsafe boundaries where the kid no. can do anything that they want. No, to. not at we're, all. We're, we're to, but we're talking about, you know, that, that old line, a child, a child should be seen and not heard. Yeah. Um, that's the old days. That's the old way of operating. But generationally speaking, mm-hmm. it's still going on today. Because right. it was, if it was good enough for my dad, <laughs> good enough for me. And, right. And, and it's, but it's just not, it's not workable these days. Right. Hey, I, yes. I wanted to ask you before we run out of time, though. Yeah. You have got four boys. Four. Four. And you're you're entering into the danger zone. <laughs> yeah. The hormonal shift that happens with a 13-year-old boy is frightening and, and difficult to for them to understand, and they need yeah. someone to talk to yeah. uh, that, that, they can, that, they, that you can help them understand what's going on with their body, what's going on yeah. with their mind. Yeah. That, that girl that two years ago you thought was annoying, now she's rather cute and, uh, and stuff. So how, yeah. how, do you, how do you work with that? How, do you, how are, you, are, are your boys comfortable enough to come talk to you about um, things of that nature? Yeah. So, so it depends on my child, of course, but I've created a space and open dialogue where all of them can talk to me. And I have had conversations recently with, with um, two of them actually 
and they're really comfortable. The two that have come to me are comfortable talking to me. Now there's one in my family that just doesn't really love talking. So then I make sure to have moments where I'm planting seeds and, and saying, Hey, just so you know, you can talk to me about things or just so you know, if things are going on, you can chat with me if you want. And I just keep the door open. And there are certain times where I feel strongly about saying, Hey, I want to have a conversation that you might feel a little bit uncomfortable, but I want to have it. So can we, can we, can I take you out? Let's go get some lunch and then let's, let's chat for a minute. Cause I feel like it's important to educate you on these things as a mom. Okay. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. And so those are the things that, those are the experiences that I'm having. And again, how you react and how you show up in those moments matter. There's no, there's no more room. This is the fascinating thing. Our parents, at least my parents, and I would even say maybe your generation too, we, you could be in denial about those things that you had to educate your children about sex or, or pornography or things like that. It's like, you just avoid that topic and you're just like, don't do that because it's bad. And so if you do it, you're bad. That's how they interpret that. We can't do that anymore. The internet is not allowing room for us as parents to be in denial, to be the last one to speak up about these topics to our children. The internet's not allowing that anymore. And, and, and so we get to be the first to speak up, but you want to educate yourself before you do. You want to educate yourself on understanding things before you do, because if it's just, it's bad, don't do it. Then if they should stumble upon it and do it, literally they interpret that as they are bad. And then it creates a cycle of addiction. When you get into, I am bad, that's shame. And shame cycles into addiction often, often it is the root. And, and so really being educating yourself as a parent, waking up and saying, okay, these are the topics I do get to talk to my children about. These are the things I'm going to educate myself on. And here's how I'm going to go about doing it. And then being open for conversations, spontaneous conversations can pop up anytime. So you need to be emotionally aware often about it. And it has to be normalized. I got the, I got the, um, when my kids were teenagers, my, my oldest boy had a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife laid down the law. You, yeah. has, you have got to be home by 10 o'clock. Yeah. And one day he was late. And, yeah. uh, and um, her response was, what, what, do you, what are they doing? It's after 10 o'clock. And I said, you know, Jennifer, the, um, I don't know if you know this, but they could do anything that they wanted to at any other time of day. Any that, time of day. <laughs> and so we have to depend upon him and his... Uh, um, in, and, and his own morality and what he feels is right. Uh, because, Benny, I don't know whether this is appropriate to say on the air or not, so I'll bend to your will, but there's an acronym. It's called P-Y-P-I-P. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you ready? Oh, boy. So oh keep, boy. Your, keep your finger on the I'm button. I'm already on it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might be. Uh, no, one of the things that uh, was our... our uh, our deal was because uh, um, we had two boys, and it was uh, K Y P I P. Keep your Peter in your pants. And, <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> and uh, uh, they were like, "Oh yeah, all right, all right." And it was just a little reminder. Right. And whether it worked or not, I can't. Well, after. By the way, 
before we go, before we go, and we're talking with Dana Parker, I just want to tell all the parents that when your children turn twenty or thirty, you're going to find out what really happened in your house if yeah. you're not aware and being conscious at the time because i found out things that i had no earthly idea about yes. when they were older and it, it no longer could impact them and they could beat me up uh and so you know but you need to be aware you need to be aware dana parker how do they get a hold of you if they want to join the mastermind so info at innerworldmovement.com you can email that email and i will get that or you can contact me, go to innerworldmovement.com. Again, that's getting an upgrade, but you can go there, figure out how to contact me through there or Facebook, Innerworld Movement. You can message us on there or you can find me on Facebook, Dana Parker, and message me. Those are the ways you can get a hold of me. I'm finding that, that they can have some of the most uh, deep felt, uh, movement in your behavior and when you start talking to parents about about different things in an open and honest manner and you can exchange great ideas mm -hmm. on how to accomplish things and how to do things mm -hmm. and and just if nothing else it's kind of like the zoom calls they're they're almost kind of like a um a virtual hug mm -hmm. yeah which, yeah, is, which and, is really cool. And I'm so good at creating connective space and bringing people together and groups together. This is where my training comes in. So it'll be connective. It'll be wonderful. You'll feel seen and heard. Again, this is for parents in all phases and stages because you're doing inner work. If you want to feel more connected to your adult children and you're feeling disconnected from them, come, let's talk. These tools will help you too. And so in all phases and stages, because of, this is inner work, all are welcome. This isn't just about a certain phase or stage of, of parenting. No, and it, it, you're, you're never done. No. As, as a parent. And even, even when your children are 30, I'm, I'm very pleased that both of my boys are willing to come to me with issues that they have yeah. and, and stuff because they consider me a, a valued advisor, mm -hmm. not, uh, not I'm your daddy. Right. I say, Right. I give them, you know, they're, they're big men. They're going to do what they want to do and do yeah. it in their way. But so my, my new thing is, have you considered? Yeah. And do, do, do you, here's another way you could do that. Yeah. Or what do you want to do rather and then they make their own decisions. Right. And I and let them just love them. Yeah. And, and you just get to love them. That's all. That's all you do. And that's it. In your phase. I know. And so for some, that's really hard, especially when you grow up about control and, and they do what you say in that authoritarian way. This is a whole new way of parenting. So if you want support with that, reach out. Let's support you. You're, you go over it one more time. How does somebody reach you? So info at innerworldmovement.com or contact me on Facebook at innerworldmovement. Or you can go to innerworldmovement.com and contact me through the website um, or, um, Dana Parker on Facebook. Dana Parker has become one of my closest advisors and a, and a friend for life. And I really, really appreciate her. She's real. She's honest. She's emotional. She means it. So reach out and contact her. If you want to be part of this, it will be very helpful to you. Dana, thank you so much for being thank here you so today. Much, Kevin. You're going to be here again on Friday with the Modern Sages. We're going to have a good time with that. And by the way, everybody, be kind to one another because, you know, 
Each other's all we got. We'll see you Wednesday at 4 on Positive Talk Radio.